0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to morning prayers. Please stand as you are able to join me in a responsive reading of Psalm number 26, found on page 13 in your Black Appleton Psalter. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also. In the Lord, therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my pains my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I
1: have not sat with vain persons. Neither have I
0: known a false I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. That I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity. Redeem me and be merciful unto me. My
1: Good morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Friends, uh, forgive me for reading two texts uh, with which you're all too familiar, or if, in, if you're in my classes, you'd better be. <laughs> <laughs> so the first reading is from the book of Exodus. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them nor worship them. For I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not bear false witness." The second reading is from the United States Constitution, uh, the Second Amendment in its entirety. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Friends, I come before you this morning to make no policy recommendations. There must be only a handful of faculty at Harvard less qualified than I to do so. And looking out over this gathering, most, uh, actually, all of the students present, actually, uh, are more qualified, much more qualified, than I uh, to make a policy recommendation. Nor do I intend to deliver a Jeremiah, though in the news that's recently spilled across our breakfast tables, and in our lawmakers' craven response to it, there's plenty to mourn and lots to lament. Nor do I wish to pose the intriguing question, as the author of an editorial in the Washington Post recently did, whether gun ownership is compatible with Christianity, or I would add, for that matter, with Judaism, Islam, or any religious tradition practice on this campus and in this country. Nor am I here to condemn the way in which greenbacks, greed, and alas, even the United States Supreme Court have rendered our lawmakers contemptible flunkies of their funders. Finally, I've not come here this morning to recommend that the Second Amendment, as has also been recently proposed in a major national newspaper, be purged from our Constitution. Instead, I aim this morning to ponder what it means to read well, and even more precisely, how we ought to read authoritative texts, religious and national texts, honestly. In other words, without misrepresentation or otherwise bearing false witness, as indeed the Eighth Commandment prescribes. Reading well or honestly is not, I think, a mere educational desideratum. It has become in recent months a grave, indeed life and death question for our country, some of whose citizens habitually parrot the claim that our nation is founded on Judeo-Christian values. Now, if that's true, it must surely mean that our nation originated, at least in part, in fidelity to the divine commandments you have just heard read. Yet those in power, strangely, who make such a claim All too often, bear false witness and what is worse, make their money, their blood money, by bearing false witness to their neighbors and to their constituents, constituents. to the citizens of the United States they have mendaciously, it seems, promised to serve and to protect. Now, to illustrate this claim, I've quite literally uh, brought pictures with me this morning. Have you got them? No? No photographs have been distributed? Okay. All right. Well, I'll draw pictures in the air then. Okay. Um, Now, the pictures are, uh, appropriately enough, um, two tablets, appropriately enough given uh, our reading. Um, And on one tablet, you will read the familiar clause, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Uh, The late Paul Fussell, literary critic, army veteran, and historian of warfare, once declared that he expected the second panel to have honored the principle of symmetry, and so to have represented the critical first half of the Second Amendment. You know, that's the clause that connects the bearing of arms to a well-regulated militia, that is to say, to an army. But if you had the photographs in front of you, you will have noticed that that second tablet does not honor the principle of symmetry. Now, the NRA, the organization that erected these two tablets, elected instead to list on the second a series of functions or services. Now, shorn from the context of data on public health, like, for example, bullets whistling down the streets of our neighborhoods, or in the schools of our grammar and secondary schools, shorn from contexts such as these, the named functions, training and safety and marksmanship and the like, seem harmless trivial, almost banal. Now, concealing the truth in this way is one form of lying. And since the NRA has concealed a critical part of the Second Amendment, we can rightly conclude As both the framers of the Constitution and the author of 1 John might have put it, the truth is not in them. And they, of course, would be dead on right. From this observation, I infer the following. First, the NRA may restore our trust in its commitment to the truth were it, number one, to honor the law of Moses and the law of our land by replacing that misleading tablet with one that expresses the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, namely the crucial but now missing first half of the Second Amendment, and second, by focusing not on putative but dubious gun rights, but gun obligations, which have to do with regulating the armed forces effectively. Since number two, according to a recent peer report, the group of Christians who insist that the Bible will be read literally are most likely, of all American religious groups surveyed to own guns, it follows, or so it seems to me, that those Christians, if they are to avoid self-contradiction, that is to say lying, ought to be lavish in their protests of the NRA's sly misrepresentation. Equally, they ought to be vociferous in insisting that the Second Amendment be read as literally as other normative texts, other sacred texts, say. Third, Christians and Jews present here today ought to join the chorus of our literalists and gun-owning brothers and sisters. Why? Well, for one thing, we would not want to confuse our children, who are egregiously, for their intellectual and moral formation, taught to read one normative text literally, while at the same time instructed to construe another partially and non-literally. And this is, seems to me, self-evidently wrong as it teaches our children to believe that despite the divine command that we not bear false witness, that it's okay to do so when convenient. Number four, because we agree with the NRA and the gun-owning Christians of our country and churches, that children are precious, we would not want to contradict ourselves, that is to lie by making their violent victimization more likely or even probable by selective reading and representation, as to say, by lying. Fifth, lying once not only leads to other lies, it leads to other forms of transgression. Selective rather than literal reading, for example, dishonors the sacred lawmaker who liberated us from the house of uh, slavery only to deliver our profane legislators over to the servitude of the NRA's pharaoh. Number six, God's law commands us to worship, no graven images, but what does the NRA pharaoh do? What does he do except to make an idol of deadly arms and demand that we bow down and venerate them? Number seven, Exodus tells us that we may not steal. But what does deceptive reading and representation do if not brazenly rob us of countless, countless scores of blameless children? Number eight, God promises us that our days may be long if we honor father and mother. Yet the days of many innocents have been cut grievously short though they did nothing to dishonor their parents. Their only error was to trust in those paid off to protect the supposed rights of those intent on violating the commandment not to kill or in secular terms, to commit homicide. Number nine, God commands us not to murder. This unambiguous command requires no glossing from me, in His infinite wisdom, God especially did not require us to pose unwise and fruitless questions about the commandment, like, for example, "Do people kill people, or do guns kill people?" Let us then, brothers and sisters, sisters, let us read our sacred texts closely and honestly, and even literally. Let the full will of our founding fathers finally be revealed by the lying liars of the NRA, lest we, lest they flout not only the Constitution crafted so conscientiously and with such care, but more importantly, the revealed will of God, whom the evangelist John identifies with truth, that is to say, with veritas. I would want to remind us all here especially the pharaoh at the NRA, in closing, that Exodus declares the divine source of the law to be not just the God of truth. It also has that God declare himself to be a just and punishing God. Or, as the text also states, God will not hold anyone guiltless who misappropriates the divine name. Let he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen.
0: Please join me in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen now please stand as you are able to join us in the singing of the closing hymn christ whose glory fills the skies hymn number 41 in your crimson hymn hymn number 41. May God's peace rest, rule, and abide in each and every one of your lives and mine. From this day on, until we meet again, let the gathered people say,
1: Amen. Amen.